What the fuck is up, y'all? It's your girl, Joy, and you're listening to another episode of the Convos for Real Host podcast. I'm excited to bring y'all another episode this week, so let's get into it. But before we do it, make sure y'all go ahead and like and follow the podcast page on Instagram at Convos, the letter X, Real Host. That's H-O-E-S. Y'all should already know by now, but it's okay. And make sure you also go ahead, follow, like, and rate the podcast podcast page on apple Podcasts at convos the number four real hoes as always thank y'all for fucking with me for real i appreciate y'all so go ahead and sit back relax roll up pull up you already know whatever the fuck y'all gotta do for real and we'll be back with this week's artist to listen to what's good you're still listening to the convos for real host podcast it's your girl joy and i'm actually really excited to get into this week's artist to listen to with y'all um i've actually had the pleasure of meeting this artist through a mutual friend of mine shout out to john q over at all my homies and uh this particular artist to listen to his music is fucking dope okay i actually love this song no pun intended you'll find out why um it's actually one of my favorite songs by this artist and so and it fits fucking perfectly with this week's topic with this week's podcast topic so without further ado here's this song by suku y'all make sure that y'all follow him on instagram at suku that's s-u-c-o-o and s-u-c-o-o on all streaming platforms again this is this song enjoy y'all Work on my depression through these core progressions Facing all my problems like I ain't got it. Need some therapy, bruise with my bros These bruises don't show, some wounds never close It be like that sometimes, sometimes when it hit rewind Rewind never be rewrite, rewrite without a reminder Doom to repeat, that's a waste of time I learned to bottle shit up as a kid Punch, punch, with a side patch Then get a couple hours back to unpack What get to me most of the way that we live Why do I love these people who hate me so? Everything ratio, but it be like that sometimes When you growing up black sometimes You're just too black sometimes A little bit weird to the black sometimes But that's alright, to be my way Have my thing, do what I want with it I am at peace, everybody won't get it I am a king, I need to get out my way Super heavy on the brain All these situations gotta change it I'm in, graduated to a state from rhyming I should really have a stake in rhyming Kill the shit that keep me up and high There's a freedom on the other side Eleven year old with a buck tonight Pitiful, you can't do nothing right Wrong my whole life is up, me just fine It looks so complicated I move sedated, I'm hooked so Pass me devices, hold your advice Cause I'm always nice I try to do good, but sometimes I be feeling low Act irrational, sorry really didn't mean it I'm just frustrated, vacant finders for a deeper meaning Meaning, no, no, I really didn't mean it but it be like that sometimes Sometimes when I hit rewind Rewind never mean rewrite Rewrite without the reminder Doing the repeat, that's a
Alright y'all, what's good? Welcome back. That was this song by Suku, that's S-U-C-O-O, on all streaming platforms, as well as S-U-C-O-O on Instagram. Y'all make sure to go give that man a like and a follow on our behalf. And I mean, if you're gonna be on Instagram while you're there, you might as well follow the podcast page at Convos X Real Hose. That's Convos, the letter X, real H-O-E-S. Alright y'all, let's go ahead and get into this week's podcast topic so these past few weeks has been hard to be black it's been hard to be fucking queer and it's definitely been hard to be a woman and I feel like many of you listening identify as all three just like me and so instead of digging into the meat of the bullshit that are all the current events that are happening in this fuck ass country y'all boys okay can't deal with it i'd honestly rather talk about how some of that shit has been hitting me so hard and maybe why it's hitting some of you in the same way for starters In order to understand how difficult it's been to hold all three of these bags, black, queer, and woman or feminine, um, you kind of got to understand the concept of intersectionality. And I know, I know it sounds like some huge ass abstract term for some big scholarly thing, but I swear to you it's not and I'm going to tell you right now. So All intersectionality really means it's just the intersection, right? Like think about like a traffic light. It's just the point where all of these things meet. It's the point in which all of the things that you identify as an individual meet in order to make up who you are right? So again, using myself as an example, I identify as black, which would be a race or an eth- or an eth- ethnicity, excuse me, y'all boys. I identify as queer or bisexual. That's my sexual orientation. And I identify as a woman. Um, being a woman, particularly for me, is both my sex and my gender, but those two things can definitely, can definitely be different for different people and maybe we'll get into that on another episode because that's a whole other conversation for real but um I also identify as a spiritual person um I'm not really sure for myself what that means y'all boys I just know that I don't ascribe to any sort of orthodox religion and I consider that to be spiritual I typically I tend to go about my life as I take what speaks to me and I leave what doesn't speak to me, you know? And these are all just some examples of intersectionality. Intersectionality can also go on to include things like where you came from, who and how you were raised, um, education, your financial background, your socioeconomic status, which is a fancy term for your financial background. All these possibilities are fucking endless, to be honest with you. And the important thing to understand is that each and every one of us bring all of these different perspectives and facets of our identities into absolutely every day that we live and breathe, every decision that we make, every thought that we have, and everything that we experience. And so... A lot of the things that have been happening in this country over the last few weeks have been hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting because I'm carrying all these perspectives that make up ultimately who I am into each one of these experiences. And it fucking sucks. It's a lot, y'all boys. Like this country is. Beyonce said, y'all can't break our soul. Bitch, America is trying, okay? Fucking trying. And so... In my own case, I think the biggest part of my own identity and therefore my sexual, 
sexuality no intersectionality (laughs) and therefore my intersectionality that guides my day-to-day experience literally to this day is in fact my blackness me and her we have an interesting experience to date to be honest with y'all to me I can literally remember the days when I was younger that I came to realize that I was black like I literally didn't and it's a crazy concept to think about for real y'all boys but like I literally did not even it didn't occur to me that I was an African-American human being until this particular memory that I'll share with y'all so a little bit of backstory from the age of three years old until I turned 18 I went to this very small all-girls private school in Miami Florida and I'm talking big bougie y'all okay like motherfuckers was paying college tuition to send children I cannot stress this enough to fucking kindergarten okay My family definitely could not afford to send me to this school, so please know that I was absolutely there on academic scholarship, which I remained on until the day I literally graduated. Like, please continue to keep that in mind. But anyway, we're talking about me in kindergarten right now. So apparently there was this time that we were all asked to draw pictures of our families and I don't know if y'all are familiar with Crayola crayons and there's this one crayon it's called the apricot colored crayon it's like this peachy color look often used to color white skin okay and so we're all sitting down to color our I use the apricot crayon to draw my family just like everyone else in my class Um, and the reason that this memory sticks out to me is because my teacher literally called me aside like during lunch or recess or something like that and I remember being confused as a child because I was like what what did I do wrong essentially and she asked me why I chose to draw my family with an apricot crayon as opposed to any other crayons and that was also confusing to me because I was like bitch what do you mean like everybody else is drawing their family these are the crayons that they're using these are the crayons that I'm using type shit and um oh little disclaimer most of the girls I went to school with were Cuban or of some sort of Latinx um background and regardless of that fact most of them were white passing hence the apricot crayon anyway we're back um and so It didn't even occur to me in that moment as a child at literally five years old to pick up a brown crayon and use the brown crayon to draw my family until I had this conversation with my teacher. And that to date is the first memory that I have of being black and of realizing that I'm different than everybody else around me. Um, And at that time, you know, I didn't necessarily think anything of it. I was just like, oh, I guess this is a thing that I learned now (laughs) and just kind of kept it pushing. Another memory that I have also low key in kindergarten um, about my blackness and just being black was a time when I was on the playground um, and a girl literally told me that I looked like chocolate poop on a stick. And at the time, like it obviously didn't feel good to hear but it wasn't like a super huge deal for me I'm thinking like just random kids saying like mean shit on the playground I didn't realize the extent to which it was a big deal until I went home and told my mom bro my mom was so 
fucking pissed literally like fuming she went to school and literally read my teacher for fucking filth okay it was a whole thing that both of those two things are some of my earliest 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 memories of being black and realizing that I'm different in the world and that people both see me differently and as a result I should see myself differently. Now that I think about it, even though there were some girls that looked like me, it was the fact that I went to that school for so long and was in the minority of the minority that really helped me understand the full extent to which not only I am black, but that in being black, it means that I'm different than other cultures. I have different understandings of things. I have different perceptions. I have my own cultural values and things of that nature that make me feel like home. And that's just an experience I don't think I would have had had I not gone to this school where I literally was one of three girls, I swear to y'all boys, three girls of color that graduated in my graduating class of 77 or 78 girls. Just want to put that out there. Um, I also definitely think that there were kind of two sides to my experience, right? Like I got some positive experiences in finding out and identifying with my blackness and being able to connect with myself and connect with my culture in ways that I couldn't in other cultures but also there were definitely some negative experiences um and I think on the flip side of that coin on the flip side of the positive of being able to connect with myself and better understand myself and my people I think on the flip side there was Oftentimes, unknowingly, as a result of being one of the only black people in the grade until fifth grade when we got another one, there was just a lot of microaggressions that I was experiencing that neither I nor a lot of the people I think that were doing them realized were happening. Um, When I bring this, when I think about my experience and bring this point up, it two huge things come to mind when I think about my childhood in the context of going to this school. The first is hair and the second is aptitude. I know that those things sound completely unrelated to one another, but I promise I will bring them all together for y'all, okay? Bear with me for real. I think the biggest microaggression that I for sure experienced more often than not was about my hair. I remember over the years getting my hair done all Always y'all can imagine, weaves, braids, whatever it is, I was rocking it. Perms, not perms, literally whatever. And I remember the day before I would walk into school, I would literally, no matter what my hair looked like, if it were different than the day it was before, I would be so anxious, so anxious to walk through those doors because I knew for a fact that Everybody and their mom was going to have something to say, bro. Every single person, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, everyone was going to have something to say. So one, all that attention on me was a lot. But then with all that attention came the questions. Oh my God, did your hair grow overnight? 
oh my god is that all your hair is that real can i touch it how did it do that how long how many out like so many questions and i remember i used to get so frustrated with just like constantly feeling like i had to like answer all of these questions about my hair and i could never really point out why and it used to come across as I was just like angry or like mad and I used to low-key hate that too but whatever we digress and now looking back what I've come to realize is I don't think anyone else understood that this is what ha was happening but it was a microaggression it was the ultimate point of a lot of these questions that aren't just hey your hair looks nice oh my god who did it for you because that's a regular question is for you to get me to admit out loud that I bought this hair, that it's not mine, it's not attached to my head in some kind of way. And then what's the point of getting me to say that out loud? Am I somehow less than? Like what? And I don't think that that's what people were trying to say to me, but that's ultimately what it was giving. That's what I was receiving. That's what I was feeling. And that's what was causing me so much anxiety, even when I looked the fuck good. Like, even when my hair was fucking amazing, I was still having these experiences and these anxieties because I knew for a fact that I was going to have to come in there and be accountable for why the fuck I looked good. And the thesis is, nobody owes y'all an explanation for real. I used to tell them, y'all could watch this movie. Chris Rock came out with this amazing movie. It's called Good Hair. You could go on there. You could watch it. You can understand, answer all the questions it is you want to know for real. Do you think Nan, one of them, fucking watched that goddamn movie and came back to me like, yo, I learned X, Y, and Z? Bitch, no. Because the point is, is that you're not trying to learn for real. You're not asking me because you're curious. You're asking me because you want me to admit something less than about myself and about how I'm presenting based off of my race. And that's not okay. That's what a microaggression is. And that shit hurts. There's so many others that both I and I know so many other of my sisters have experienced and may not know if they have experienced the same way I didn't. But these are the examples. These are the things that, as a black woman, make me sad, make it hard for me to be authentic with y'all, to be, to be here and to be present and to show up and to want to be in these spaces because I constantly have to, or had to, I don't have to anymore, but back then I constantly had to deal with that. It's very hard to fight through all of that anxiety and that just upset and low-key shame and sadness and also still show up and be yourself and get an education and try to have a good time doing it. The second point that I brought up was aptitude, right? And so ultimately what I meant by that when I brought it up was where people thought I was going and what people thought I was capable of. So a little bit of backstory on me. When I was younger and low-key still now because I just build different things, but I've always loved to build things, right? Building shit, that's my fucking jam. Um, I remember in fifth grade, we started this little program where 
um, one of our teachers, it was an after school program and one of our teachers took a couple of us and we would build these little like robots made out of Legos with like little motors. They did all types of shit. It was like the cutest shit. And I thought that was super cool. So when I got the opportunity to build robots again, task robots with actual like metal and things in high school I was gun ho for that shit so excited I got me a little robotics team together we went to worlds the one time that we were working together it was fucking dope a great experience to this day very proud used to compete in all kinds of competitions it was a great time um and so it was there that at the time I thought I wanted to go into biomedical engineering when it was time for me to go to school so Around that time, we all, that time is about 11th grade for me, we all would get like college counselors assigned to us that would help us on our journey through the next two years of our life and into applying for colleges, yada, yada, yada. I remember specifically being told by the college counselor assigned to me when I told her that I was interested in doing biomedical engineering oh no, but why would you, you're so good at speaking, you're so good at communicating and talking to people, you should definitely look into being a teacher, you'd be an amazing teacher, just watch, I know one day you'll end up being a teacher. Literally every time I spoke to this woman and told her what major I was thinking about going into, this is the type of conversation that we were having. Additionally, this same person, when it came time for me to apply to different schools my school was centered in miami born and raised in miami that's where my school was and because of the type of prestige that my school was of it wasn't uncommon for girls to apply to the university of miami just whether you wanted to go there or not apply it was just kind of a thing that most of us did And so I remember it came time for me to put University of Miami down on this like general application thing that you can send off to multiple schools or however, however it worked at the time. And I remember specifically being told, why would you put that school down? That school's very much a reach for you. You should probably consider other schools like FIU or I can't remember the other university, she said. There was another university down there that was um, less... I guess, prestigious or academically rigorous than University of Miami at the time. And at the time, I couldn't place it. I was I remember just feeling like, nah, that's kind of a weird suggestion. I don't know why you would say that. But no, I'm going to put it down anyway. And I'm going to see if I get in just to have my options. Looking back, I feel as though I don't think she thought that I could get in. I don't think that she thought that I had what it took for that school to accept me. And moreover, I don't think it had shit to do with my grades. Because like many other girls in this fucking school, I was in the International Baccalaureate program, which by the way, for my school is a fucking program, okay? It is not, I didn't know you could take IB classes a la carte, so to speak, until I went to college, okay? These people made you make like a life decision (laughs) at 11th grade. Are you going to go the IB route or are you going to go the AP route? If you go the AP route, the highest level class you can take is AP. And you can take some classes AP, some classes honors, some classes regular. If you go the IB route, every class that you take is an IB course and therefore counts for college credit. And you do it for two years. I was in that program. 
just along with the rest of them, the best of them, getting the same education. Why am I not good enough? What about me is different than these same girls that the University of Miami wouldn't want me or that I shouldn't even try to ask if they would accept me into their school? These are the things that, as I look back on my life, that stick out to me as experiences that I have had when it comes to navigating my identity, my blackness, my intersectionality, both in my world and in this larger world that we all share. And so what I ultimately hope someone takes away from this is if you're a woman of color or a man of color, whoever, you are not crazy. Those feelings that you're experiencing of anxiety, of doubt, of fear, of whatever it is, they are real. They have names. Regardless of what the fuck it is that people that are trying to communicate to you are trying to tell you. Regardless of intention, it has weight. It has feeling. It has meaning. And yours are valid. That's it. That's all. It's been really, really fucking hard being black, queer, and a woman these last couple of weeks. And I guess based on how this podcast went, black is the one that's sticking out on my soul. So for all y'all listening, thank y'all for bearing with me for so long. Um, I know that's kind of a weird end to this podcast. I probably am going to edit this and change this ending, but if I don't, then I'm happy that y'all get to hear me being authentically confused on how to end this bad boy. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me so long and through these little bumps and hurdles as I get my grounding as a podcaster, but I fuck with y'all for real and into the next one as always. Have a good time and be fucking kind to one another, y'all boys. We don't have time. This life is too short. Peace.